think we looked at that scripture in Hebrews in chapter 12, verse 2, that says, Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders. And so the whole point of last week was to throw off everything that hinders. Sometimes we've got to do step out physically by faith to see him work in us spiritually, yeah? And so we did that last week, all for the simple, very simple reason, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, because now we're no longer distracted. Now we've given those things to Father God. And so that's what we did last week. We physically gave them to, to Papa, and we did it so that we could focus on him and, and hear from him. And, and I don't know about anyone here, but did anyone during the week, for those that were here last week, did anyone have a, have a week in your time with the Lord where you felt like you, you may not even have heard something that was a revelation but it was just a sweeter time in his presence because you weren't distracted I'm just wondering yeah like it, it has to work you know um, Mel removes distractions uh, from from the times that we go out you know I've shared this here before so if we go out for a coffee or cake or something to eat you know we'll go to a cafe and Mel positions herself to see everything so that all I can see is her. Because she knows if I see everything, I'm totally distracted for the entire time. I'm looking at what people wear. I'm looking at people on their phones. I'm looking at people not talking to each other. And she's often like, hello, you're here with me, right? So now she's really smart. We went out the other day to L'Espresso, I think on Monday, to, to have a coffee. And we, we chose a corner. And normally I would go straight to the corner and position myself so I have view of everything. And Mel took my seat. Like she removed every distraction. So all I could see was Mel and the wall. Like there was, there was nothing. Yeah, is that true? It was, it was hard. It was hard. Some things don't come naturally, yeah? So when we remove the distractions from our life, when it comes to spending time with God, it can be hard. But it actually becomes easier because we've taken those things away. Amen. So we needed to do that, yeah? There was a reason we needed to do that. And so today I want to keep unpacking on, not on that, but on some of the stuff that we looked at last week, because last week we talked about the still small voice of God. And I posed the question, if you remember last week, that why would God speak so softly in a world that needs such a huge wake-up call, yeah? Why would he speak to us in a still small voice and not yell at us when yelling we really don't have to listen, Shouting, we don't really need to listen. We just hear. Why does he speak in a still small voice? And, and I shared that maybe it's just maybe it's so that he can show us how important the listening is. And that when he speaks in that still small voice, when he speaks in a whisper, it actually makes us pay attention. Because a, a whispered message assumes that the listener, you and I, are actually close enough to hear. Yeah? If you're sitting in the foyer of the church... I'm not going to whisper to you, hey, hey, John, can you get my coffee? When you're in the foyer, yeah? Unless you were really close. Is that a fair, fair assumption? You're not going to whisper to someone that's far away. So a whispered message yeah, assumes that we're really close. And God speaks in a still small voice so that we can be close enough to hear. Yeah? That for me was total revelation. Absolute revelation because I know I've taught on different things about the still small voice of God and being still and knowing that he's God. But being still is not being a frozen statue. Yeah, It's not sitting down and doing nothing. 
Being still is actually positioning yourself in the presence of God and handing him everything, giving it to him. And you can do that while you're working, while you're moving. You can do that, but it's removing distractions and giving it to him. It's being still and knowing that he's God in every situation, not sitting like a frozen statue, hoping that now you're going to receive revelation because you're no longer moving. That's not how it works. Yeah, It's never about the silence. What it is about is the closeness. What it is about is the proximity, how close you are to Father. Yeah. So he speaks in a still small voice to force us to be close enough to recognize him, close enough to hear him. So what actually happens if we can get close enough to God? That's a really good question. So we should pray right there, I reckon. Yeah. So Father, I thank you for what you want to unpack today. I thank you for what you want to show us. I thank you for what you want to teach us. I thank you, Lord, that you want to challenge us. I thank you, Father, that you want to continue to mould us and prune us and cut us and shape us into the image of your Son with ever-increasing glory. Father, we in this place just say, Lord, we are yours and we are ready. And so use us, speak to us, make us more like your Son, Jesus. Because for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. And for the joy set before us, a, a, a deeper, more intimate relationship with you. We will endure, Father, any, any pain that we might face. So have your way in our lives, we pray. And the people said, Amen. Amen. So what happens when we actually get close to Father God? Well, the first thing is that we hear his whisper. Is that cool? We looked at it last week. I quickly ran over it now. We hear his whisper. But the other thing is we actually get to... Um, receive from him i'm just looking at what i can use that's not going to (laughs) break that'll do all right let me let me explain it like this right we have a thing in our home that sometimes we go out and you know we buy gifts for for each other and the kids could be a chocolate bar you know could be anything and then when we walk inside the house we go i've got something for you really well put your hands out all right now put them out, make them wider, make them wider. When Mel goes, I've got something for you, I automatically go like this, so I'm hoping for a widescreen TV. Yeah? And then Mel says, no, closer. So I'm like, closer. Closer, Andrew. You know, I know it's going to fit in my hands. Anyway, so Lyndon, just for a minute, come up. I want to show you how God works, yeah? So if we have to be close enough to hear him whisper, now there's a whole bunch of stuff that God wants to give us. He wants to give us gifts. Bible is just laden with stuff that he wants to give us. So now I'm going to give Lyndon a gift. Put your hand out. Okay, you ready? Okay. You, you missed it. I, I, I got a gift for you. And, and Okay, take a step closer. Come closer. Okay. Now, now we're starting to position ourselves in the presence of God, yeah? We're getting in a bit close. And you've got to understand, our salvation is done. It's dusted. Our, our eternity is assured, yeah? But how close you get to God, the intimacy that you desire is dependent upon you. Yeah? The father jumped the fence to run for the son, the prodigal, when he saw him coming. Yeah? Not when he was out. I'm just going to put it out there. He looks for the one. Yeah? He leaves the 99 to look for the one. But he comes to you personally when he sees you coming. Take a step back. This is what God does when you take a step back. He doesn't move. He's still there saying, hey, come on. Take a step back. Come on, what are you doing? Come on. Take a step forward. Awesome. Take a step forward. 
Awesome. This is how God works, right? Now, I've got a gift for you. Put your hands out. Dude, this, this is the gift of healing. Miracles. Speaking in tongues. The joy. You ready? Take a step closer. Yeah? You can't receive the gifts that God has for you unless you are close enough to him. You cannot hear him whisper unless you're close enough to him. Proximity to Father God is everything. Do you understand? It's everything. And the only thing that creates distance between you know, us and Father God is us. Yeah. The only thing. Yeah. It's never him, yeah? That gift's for you. You keep it. You may need it after during the altar call. <laughs> anyway, put your hands together for Lyndon. The, the truth is that, I mean, if you think about it, today we might send stuff by, via post, you know, and all that sort of stuff. If you're into eBay and Amazon and all that, you, you, your stuff from overseas comes through FedEx, which FedEx is really good. This, their follow-up tracking service is brilliant, just putting it out there. It wasn't just for that show with Tom Hanks, you know. Anyway, um, <laughs> look, it's really good. But the point is that God doesn't send what he has for us via Australia Post to our front door where we open it. We go, oh, wow. And then you hear the music, you know, the color bond music, the, ah, you know, and it's like, oh, it's a gift from God. Now, that's not how it works. God, he doesn't do that. You're never going to open your front door and hear, oh, and the gift from God's there. It's not how it works. He's waiting for you to come closer and closer and closer and closer and closer so that he can hand you what he wants to give you. Half the time, what the very thing that we've actually been asking for, yeah? He's a good God that wants to place it in our hands. You know, if we're distant from Papa and we wonder why we don't carry an anointing to heal the sick, hello, you know? We go, God, I want to pray for the sick. I've read about John G. Lake and Smith Wigglesworth and, and, and there was this guy in Ballarat recently, Brett Lindner, whatever his name, can't pronounce Australian names, are so hard to pronounce, right? Anyway, can't pronounce his name and, and I want to be like him. I want to heal like him. And God goes, okay, okay, awesome. I have the gift of healing for you. And we go, all right, God, no worries. Can you send it over? And he's, oh, I've got it for you. He's just waiting for us to step closer and closer and closer and closer so we can receive the very thing he desires to give us. He's not a father that holds anything back. What he gives to you, he'll give to me. And what he gives to me, he'll give to you. It's not about favoritism. It's all about proximity. It's all about how close you're prepared to press into God. Amen? Now, I totally understand that God anoints particular people with particular things as well, Yeah? But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about gifts, just stuff that he wants to pour into our lives, yeah? The closer we are, the more we position ourselves. It's where it works. You think about the fruit of the Spirit, because really the, the Spirit is a gift, but the fruit that comes from the Spirit, they're gifts too, yeah? So Galatians 5, and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit's love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. So he gives us the Spirit as a gift. And let's start with this. Unless, unless, unless you're close enough to Papa to hear him and accept Jesus for what he's done on the cross, unless we can get close enough for even that transaction to happen, yeah, we're not going to receive the next part of the transaction, which is receiving his Spirit. Because one has to come first. 
And if you think about it, somewhere in your life, you were either born in a Christian home or you were in a service or someone shared their faith. Something happened where you were close enough to hear something that reached your heart. Yeah? Often those that are looking, those that are on a spiritual journey, those that have played around with all sorts of stuff. Like if you, there are so many people in Ballarat alone. We've had so many visit our house here and accept the Lord. People that have been on a journey and they've tried Buddhism and Hinduism and you know they've looked at all the mystical stuff and they're into you know readings and witchcraft and tarot. You know we might think, ooh, they're a bit strange, but they're on a spiritual journey. And because they're on that journey, when they step into this place, they've already positioned themselves so close to God that when He whispers, they go, "This is." what I've been looking for my whole life because now they were finally in a place where they could hear and I'm not talking about this place but in a place themselves where they could hear yeah so we receive the son that's a gift without the son there's no salvation without the son there's no spirit but assuming we've all accepted Jesus we have the gift of salvation we also receive the gift of the spirit because it says in Ephesians 1 13 to 14 and you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of the truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. Yeah? So each and every one of you have the Holy Spirit. We're not talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but each and every one of you has the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit, living inside of you. You are marked with the Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. So we receive his spirit when we're saved, and we're only saved because we heard the message of truth, fair? And you can only hear what's for your heart when you're close enough, because proximity is everything. But now that we have his spirit, there's some fruit that come with it. But watch this. Some of the fruits are undetectable until you're challenged. Some of the fruits, you won't even know if you have them until you're actually challenged in life. We don't even know they exist. But then something happens, and if we're not positioned close enough to God at that time, we'll never experience the gift, the fruit of the Spirit that comes with what lives within us. I'll give you an example. Joy. One of, those, one of the fruits is joy. But until you're in a season when your life is just terrible, like it's just yuck, you know, it's just like, it's just, think of yuck for you, whatever that is, yeah? Think of the worst thing, yeah, that could possibly be happening in your life until your world is turned upside down. You know when you wake in the morning and you wish that yesterday was all a dream? Those moments, and I know I'm, I'm the only one who ever has those moments. I, I know that, yeah? But until you find yourself there, it's at that point where joy will become manifest only when you step so close to God that he places it in your hand lord i the joy of the lord's my strength i know that i claim that but i feel like crud oh god take this from me and he's saying okay come i've got it for you and we go and we're like just just throw it over like a baseball and i'll catch it no no god wants us to press in he wants us to press in when we don't feel like it he wants us to press in when life's falling apart he wants us to press in when a loved one's passed away yeah he wants us to press in so that when we're close enough we can hear him and he places in our hand joy and all of a sudden we discover this this thing where it says the joy of the lord's my strength and we're able to walk in that place it's all about proximity it's all about how close how hungry are we to actually experience all that god has for us yeah what about peace 
you, you shouldn't have peace. You've lost your job. Your family's falling apart. You've had a car accident, heaven forbid, and your car's at the panel shop. You shouldn't have peace in those moments. Well, you should, but sometimes you just feel like you don't. And you want to strangle people, you want to blame people, you want to get upset with people. But it's in that place where we step so close to Father, where we hear his whisper and he places in our hands the peace that surpasses our understanding. So we've let go of our knowledge, yeah, which is a distraction in his presence. We've let go of our knowledge and we're so close that he then gives us peace that goes beyond what we could ever imagine because we're so close. Because we're so close. Kindness. Who's ever had someone they don't want to be kind to? Be honest. Come on. Come on, be honest. Who, who's ever not wanted to be kind to their partner at home? Oh my, you're not supposed to put your hand up. Samuel, put your hand down. You know those thoughts? Those people haven't been nice to us. They've robbed us. They've hurt us. In fact, let's face it. So, some of you and some of those that are in your sphere of influence have been so scarred by people in their life that that scar will remain there forever, the scar. yeah. But it's at that moment that we need to be so, so, so close to Father God that we can hear his whisper, but then he gives us this gift called kindness that's a fruit of the gift that we receive, which is his Holy Spirit. And now we're able to be kind to those that deserve no kindness. We're able to show mercy to those that shouldn't, shouldn't receive any mercy. We're able to not give them what they do deserve. Instead, we're going to give kindness, yeah? It's all about proximity. You know, I know for me, I, can't, I cannot do or experience any of the fruit of the Spirit unless I'm really close to Father God. And so the moments that I fail that I know I don't have peace, don't have joy, don't have kindness, not feeling like long-suffering today. Yeah, Anyone ever had those days? I've had enough of suffering, so long-suffering, no thank you very much. Yeah, It's all about proximity. The closer we get to God, he places the gift he wants to in our hands, in our lives, in our hearts. Amen? John 15, 4, and this is what I think Jesus is talking about. John 15, verse 4 says, Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. It's really, here's a simple theology. You can't be grafted to that tree out there while you're parked and sitting in the car park across the road at the IGA. In fact, you can't be grafted to that tree out there while you're sitting about here on the other side of the wall. You can't be grafted to that tree out there if you're sitting with these trees over here. To be grafted to that tree, you've got to be on that tree. Yeah? To be grafted to the vine, yeah? to abide in him, you have to be on him. Do you understand? It's all about closeness. It's all about proximity. It's how close do you want to be to Father God? How much do you want to experience? Because it happens in the overflow, but the overflow happens when we get the nutrients from the very tree or vine that we're grafted to. Yeah? I, I, I love this stuff because it's all about getting close. Mel will say amen to this because... It, and it's not because I do it well, but it's the same in our relationships. Just because you're married doesn't mean that you're close. Yeah? 
Just because you're married doesn't mean that you're close. Just because you have a friendship or a friend doesn't mean that you're close. It takes work. Yeah, it takes work. And after 16, is it, is it 16 years this year? It was 16 years, wasn't it? I'm still working on it. I'm still getting better at it. I have peaks and troughs. Mel may say more peaks than troughs. I won't go there. <laughs> but I'm working at it. We're all working at it. The silence was deafening, wasn't it? It should have been, oh, no, you love, you're awesome. <laughs> oh, well, just keep moving quickly. The pastor needs counsel. Okay. We need to position ourselves in our relationships. We need to work. We need to work for that closeness. Proximity doesn't happen just because we're near each other. Yeah, it, You have to work for it. It's the same with Father God. You know, and then, then you can have a look at a whole bunch of the spiritual gifts. You know, 1 Corinthians 12, 7 to 10. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. No one person. Now, to one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another. And to someone else, the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether, the, whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. The... These are just, woo, water. These, oh, by the way, th this is water. It's not coffee. I know it has a lid on it. But for those of you that thought it was coffee, I didn't want to spill coffee or water on the carpet now that they've been done. Does everyone like the carpet? It's not bad, the original carpet, yeah? Yeah, I reckon it's pretty good. But anyway, that's the same 28, 30-year-old carpet that's been dyed. I reckon that's pretty special. Anyway, I'm going to keep moving. I didn't want to spill coffee on it, so I'm drinking water. So there you go. So anyway... I just want to say, unless we're close enough to hear his whisper, unless we're close enough to receive the gift or the gifts that he has for us, then we'll never be close enough to operate in some of these wonderful gifts ever. Because it's all about proximity. You think about it, wisdom. How can we give life-giving advice to someone who needs it and comes to us unless we are close enough to God, one, to have the gift given to us, but two, to hear what God has to say to them. Yeah? It's all about closeness. Not just for us, but for those around us. What about the prophetic prophecy? Now, the truth is, we teach here, and I totally believe we can all prophesy. God speaks into your image center. He speaks to you in words and pictures and visions. There's a blank canvas. Close your eyes, ask God a question, and I guarantee you that he will speak to you in a moment. Often we mistake it for our own thoughts because we don't, couldn't possibly believe that the God of heaven and earth would speak to us. But imagine now that someone's, someone comes to you and is needing or wanting a prophetic word. How, how are we going to give a prophetic word to another when we're thinking, oh my goodness, I don't even know if it's God's voice? Unless we're close enough to know that we're hear, hearing him, to have the courage that he's placed in our hands, to share the prophetic word that somebody else needs and seeks, yeah? Unless we're close. It's all about proximity. All about proximity. Miracles. We talked about it before. How many times have we prayed for a miracle or a healing but have had doubt? Anyone ever done that? Yeah? Anyone ever had to go and pray for someone and deep down inside you think, oh, I wish so-and-so was with me right now? Yeah? And no one? Just me at the front during an altar call. Yeah? I'm looking for that person of faith. Come and stand with me. Please come and stand with me. Don't make me, oh, I'm going to have to pray now. Yeah, just me, I know. But 
How, how can I move in the gift of miracles unless I'm close enough to Father for him to place the gift in my hand so that I can hear his word and his whisper and then move in that with confidence? It's all about how close we are. Yeah? It's got nothing to do with our salvation. You're saved already. Yeah, but the things that God wants to give us come down to how close we are. I could go on and on, but I won't, thank goodness for that. The point, the point is that closeness is everything. It's actually influence. How close you are, the proximity to God is influence. It's, it's power. It's life. You know, it's life abundant. There's um, a song I've been listening to, and I, I, for some reason this morning I was prompted to write the lyrics down because I was talking about it yesterday. But it's a song called Resurrecting by Elevation Worship. And as a part of the chorus, it just says, By your spirit I will rise from the ashes of defeat. How are we going to have that within us to get up when we feel beaten, bruised and defeated unless we're close enough to receive his hand as he picks us up, yeah? The resurrected king is resurrecting me. How's he going to resurrect me if I'm standing there and he's standing over there unless I position myself constantly in his presence, yeah? In your name, I come alive. To declare your victory. How can I declare his victory if I'm not living in it unless I'm close enough to him to experience it, yeah? It's all to do with how close we are. It's all to do with how close we are. It all changed when we moved from the Old Testament to the New Testament. You know, God appears to Moses and he says to Moses, take off your shoes. Don't stand here. It's holy ground, yeah? Exodus 3, 5. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you're standing is holy ground. This morning we sang a song, Holy, holy, you are holy, for we are standing on holy ground. See, there's been a shift from the old to the new. It's been a shift once Jesus died on a cross that we now get invited into places. Yeah? What about, what about in Exodus 19, 12? He actually gets the children of Israel to set up a fence and a boundary so they don't come close. Think about if that was your God. It says, put, the limits, uh, put limits for the people around the mountain and tell them, be careful that you do not approach the mountain or touch the foot of it. Whoever touches the mountain is to be put to death. Think about it. The majority of the people then didn't even enter the outer court. It was only the priests that could go into the inner court. And then it was only one priest that could go into the Holy of Holies. Everybody else was left outside. But when the gospel came, when Jesus came, it was different. The word go was replaced with come, come, come. It's got to do with closeness. It's got to do with proximity. Distance was replaced with that, with being as close as you can get so that you can receive the gifts, so that you can hear his whisper, yeah? yeah. Now we have scriptures that, like Matthew eleven twenty eight, that says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, I'll give you rest. I love it. There's a, a couple of passages of Scripture in Daniel that show, that actually pick how important this is, that depict how important this is. So in Daniel 1, verses 18 to 20, it says, At the end of the time set by the king to bring them into his service, the chief official presented them to Nebuchadnezzar. The king talked with them, and he found none equal to Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. So they entered the king's service. In every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king questioned them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and enchanters in the whole kingdom. Okay? That's just 
part of a story. If you're wondering who Hananiah, Mishael, and uh, Azariah are, it's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Abednego, Bulbar, whatever you want to call him, they've had their names changed, okay? Now, when Daniel was taken to Babylon from Judah, he was a young man, they say, probably a teenager, okay? Now, he was joined, he was joined by a group of friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, okay? The point is that he wasn't alone in captivity. He wasn't alone when he was going through his stuff. He wasn't alone in his trials and tribulations. He wasn't alone when he needed joy or peace or kindness. He wasn't alone, yeah? How often do we find ourselves alone when we're going through our trials? How often? So he joins himself to his godly friends. So when the difficulty came, guess who he turned to? God and his godly friends. Now, what's happening in this story in between chapters 1 and 2 is the king Nebuchadnezzar has a dream and it's freaking him out. He doesn't understand the dream. Anyone had a dream, you've woken up and you just you haven't understood it? Not those that you forget. I normally wake up and I, oh, I had a dream. Oh, I forgot it already. Like anyone else like that, that's me. But others that actually have a dream and they remember it. And often we don't have an interpretation for it. It's like, well, that was weird. Why were the skeletons flying and why was Superman in my hallway? You know, like, they're, they're, they're some of my dreams. Anyway, so, right, yours I know are normal, right? But the point is that some dreams are really weird and we don't have an interpretation. So King Nebuchadnezzar has this dream and he wants an interpretation. And so his first thought is, I'll go to the wise men. But then he goes, hold on. If I go to the wise men and give them and tell them my dream, they'll know my dream. And all they'll do is give me an answer meandering to what I've already told them. So instead, we'll see how wise and prophetic these people are. I'm not going to tell them my dream. I'm just going to say, I've had a dream. And they all said, well, what was it, king? And he goes, I'm not going to tell you. You tell me what my dream was and you tell me what it means. And if you can't, then I'm just going to kill you. <laughs> and so he, that's what he starts doing. He starts killing them one by one by one. He starts killing them because they're like, this is, this is insanity, king. How could we possibly know your dream? We can't know your dream. And so Daniel hears about all of that. And he goes to the king and he says, I'll do it. I'll interpret your dream. And I'll let you know what your dream is, but you need to give me three days so that I can go before my God and get an answer. So the king says, okay, no worries. So we jump to Daniel chapter 2, verse 16, and it says, At this, Daniel went into the king and asked for time so that he might interpret the dream for him. Then Daniel returned to his house and explained the matter to his friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. He urged them to plead for mercy from the God of heaven concerning this mystery. In other words, pray with me. Beseech God with me, yeah? So that he and his friends might not be executed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Good move. Let's get together and pray together as a group, right? During the night, the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision. And then Daniel praised the God of heaven. See, proximity is everything. Being close to Father God is everything. Being close to people that are walking with God is everything. Proximity is everything. See, who and what we hang out with 
and are closest to is going to affect us the most. Yeah? Struggling in life? Have a look around. Struggling in life? Have a look around. Struggling in life? Have a look around. Who's in your life? How close are you to your God? How close are you to godly people that can speak into your life? Yeah? That can journey with you. That can beseech God with you for answers. Have a look around. Proximity is influence. So he's Daniel. And, and, and he's always in a compromised position because as the wise men, if, if the kingdom was attacked and everyone got killed, he would have been killed. Yeah? If he had given an answer that the king didn't, didn't like, he still would have been killed. Yeah? He, he was always in a, in a position that was shaky. He was always in danger, always. But, but Daniel knew that if I'm going to be this wise man for this king, then there's two things I need. I need to be close to God and I need to be close to godly people. I need to be close to God and I need to be close to godly people. And so he needed to put a distance, you have to hear this, between him and ungodly relationships. He needed to put distance between him and anything that was a distraction. We threw stuff away last week. Yeah? Anything that was a distraction to hearing from Papa. Could it be, yeah, could it be that Daniel and his friends actually understood Psalm 1? Could it be that they actually knew what it was talking about? Psalm 1 reads, Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked, or stand around with sinners, or join in with mockers. I'm not talking about not having friends that don't have faith. How else do we lead people to Jesus? Yeah? All right, it's not what I'm saying. But maybe they understood the heart behind this. But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit. Yeah? Each season can only bear fruit when you're close enough. Yeah? Only bear fruit when you're close enough. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. You know what I love? The word friends from Daniel 2, in the King James, it actually reads companions. He was with his companions. The word in the original language, in the Aramaic, comes from a root word, shavah. Yeah? It means glued together. It means joined. It means, you're going to love this, for those that like Harry Potter, apologies. It's like a magic knot that can't be undone. So if you think of chipboard, this thing here is chipboard, particle board. It's all bits of timber, all mashed up that are glued together to make one solid piece. They were glued together. His companions, his friends, he was literally glued to them. <laughs> I love that. That is so cool. He was glued to them. See, the proximity of these four men to each other and to God, you know, their closeness, he created a force. He created an influential force that kept them godly, kept them upright, and kept them safe. It was their closeness. It was their companionship. It was the fact that they were close enough to hear from God and receive from Him, that they were close enough together, that they were glued together, that all distractions had been cast aside. Who knows what causes um, tides, ocean tides? Yeah, gravity, the sun and the moon, sun and the moon. In fact, when the sun and the moon are in, in, in alignment is when you have the highest tides, yeah, the highest tides. And 
you know, I was doing some reading over the week and they say that in some places the tide, the variation of tide because of the gravitational pull, the force is so significant that between low tide and high tide could be 50 feet. That's phenomenal, isn't it? When you think about it. It's because of gravity. It's the attraction of the two big things, the sun and the moon. The moon reflects the sun. We need to be really close to God and we need to be close to people who reflect our God. Amen? Yeah, go with me here for a minute. Yeah. Now, I'm not a science nerd, but I did some research and I did some reading, okay? Now, Newton has a formula for the force of gravity. Yeah? I should have it on the screen, but I, I don't. But it's F, which equals force. Force equals G, which is, which is, which is your gravity, multiplied by... The mass of those two big things, the sun and the moon, yeah? God and those that are in the reflection of God, yeah? So the force, yeah, is determined by the mass, these two things multiplied together. But there's one other thing that determines everything more so than the size of those two things. Distance. They get divided by the distance squared to the closest thing, yeah? Distance has the determining factor on the power or, or influence that gravity has on the tides. Yeah, So I'm loving this because they have power, they have influence, it's, and, and it's gravity, but it's determined by distance, it's determined by proximity. The closer they are to the earth, yeah, the more pull, the more power, the more influence those things have. That for me, yeah, because this is, this is totally for free because none of us are an island, but we're going to be influenced by the things that we're the closest to, yeah, because they are going to have power and influence in our lives. The things that we're close to is going to influence us. And it's not just people or, or, or the Lord that we're talking about. Some of us are wondering why we still struggle with old habits, with stuff that just keeps, it keeps kicking us when we're down, You've got to have a look at how close you are to stuff. You've got to have a look at the proximity to those things in comparison to how close you are to God and to those that reflect our God. Amen? Because the answer is the same as hearing his whisper. The answer for our lives and getting over those habits and those things that we can't break is the same as receiving a gift from the Lord. It's all about how we position ourselves. And how close we're prepared to position ourselves in him. Why don't we stand? Can I have some keys? Keys would be good. I didn't know Lyndon could play keys. Did you know? Anyone know? I always thought he was a drummer. I knew he could play some guitar. But keys, I, I never imagined keys. So there you go. A man of many talents, a man of many gifts. Eh? You know, by your spirit I will rise from the ashes of defeat. The resurrected king is resurrecting me. In your name I come alive to declare your victory. The resurrected king is resurrecting me. We can live that life every day we can actually experience what Daniel experienced 
You've got to think, he's in a foreign country with a foreign king that's not following his God. He had to be in close proximity to Father God. He had to be in close proximity to those that were like God, that could hear from God, that could reflect God. He actually cast aside everything that was a distraction so he could hear clearly the whisper of the Lord. Yeah? Why don't we just all close our eyes for a minute? So we have a choice to make today. How do we experience that truth? How do we experience this life like Daniel? You know, we have to be in constant contact with Father God. Do you understand? It's not just Sunday. I don't know who I'm speaking to today. The Spirit of God's really heavy around this. Contact with Father God is not just Sunday. Contact with those that reflect the image of God is not just Sunday. We have to be in constant contact, constant contact, close enough so He can place that gift in our hands. Close enough so when we need to hear and He whispers, we hear. You know, we need to journey with God. We need to be open, honest and vulnerable. We don't have to wear a mask with Father God. But can I say this? The best us is the best us for those around us. And sometimes we just need to share who we really are with those that are around us so that they can journey with us. But at the same breath, so they can pray for us. And then yet in another breath, so that they know that there's still hope. If, if this person has got a struggle, then I'm, I'm doing okay. I thought it was only me. We need to journey with someone. We need to know their story. Why does that person get upset when this happens? But if we don't know their story, we become critical. But when we're close enough to that person, the only reason we are who we are is because God is close enough to us to know us. How is He that close? It's because He created us. Yes, we've all fallen short, but that's not how we were created. God is so close to us that He knows us. We can't just know Father God on a Sunday. We need to know Him Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. And we can't just know each other on a Sunday. We need to know each other on a Wednesday and a Thursday and a Friday. Amen. We are all part of the same family, all part of God's family. So I don't know about you, but I want to put my hand up to step closer to God. Yeah, that's what today's all about. It's how many of us just want to step closer to God. Closer than where we've stepped before. More committed to that proximity than ever before. Knowing that the closer we get to Him, the more influence He'll have. Knowing the closer we reside with Him, the deeper our relationship goes and the more power we experience as well. Amen. It's all about the proximity. We started last week by putting away the distractions. But this week we need to step forward. This week we need to say more of you, God. So with every eye closed, just for a moment, I just want to give everyone an opportunity to say, you know what, Jesus? I've loved you for a long time. I've loved you for some time. I love the relationship I have with you. 
but Lord God, I just know that there's more. If that's you today, if you desire a closer relationship with Jesus, yours might be close. You may have blessed people. You may have prayed for them and seen healing. You may hear from Him every second day. But now it's time to hear Him every second of the day. Yeah? If that's what you desire in your heart, I just want you to put up your hand and go, that's me, and then put it back down. It's not for those around you. It's for you. It's for us. It's for our families. It's for Ballarat. The closer we are to Father God, the more we're transformed into the image of Jesus with ever-increasing glory. And when people encounter Jesus, their lives are changed forevermore. And I don't know everyone in the house today, but I want to give the opportunity, if you've not, if you've not started a, a journey with Jesus, if you've not started a journey with the King of Kings, if you've actually never said, Lord, come into my life, I, I, I want to do life with you. If you've never truly accepted Him, maybe it's a faith that you've inherited from your family. Maybe you never knew about this God until today. I want to give you the opportunity to say yes to Him. I want to give you the opportunity to allow the King of Kings into your heart where He'll speak with you, where you can move so close that you'll hear His whisper in the middle of the night. You know, when you go to bed at night, you close your eyes and there's not a noise, but you, you can almost hear your heart beat. Yeah? It's in those moments that God speaks where it's just you and Him. If you've never asked Jesus to be a part of your life and you would like Jesus to be a part of your life, do you mind? Do it? Can I see your hand? If there's anyone in this room that needs to make a decision for Jesus. Bless you, God. We're going to pray. We're going to pray that we're going to walk away from this place with a, a, a motivation, a, a, a fire. You know, the Scripture says that we need to fan into flame, don't we? the gift that God has placed within us. Open your eyes for a moment. For those of you that have got fireplaces, watch this. That door over there is the fireplace. So now I want to fan that into flame. For those that have got fireplaces, is this working? Man, I could have a blower and it's not working from here. Yeah, If I'm going to fan into, the, into flame that which God has placed within me, if this is the fireplace, I've got to open the door and I have to be this close to fan it into flame. If you want the fire of God in your heart to come alive, to spring forth, to be like it was from the first day that you ever met Jesus or like it's never, ever been before, then get close enough that you can fan that baby into flame. Amen. Yeah. So we're going to pray. We're going to pray. I'm going to pray right now because this has got to move and shift for someone. Have you got a happy tune on that piano? Yeah, play a happy tune because I, I feel like I'm, I'm going to a funeral procession. Um, when we're moving closer to God, you know, when we're moving closer to God, anything will do. That's happy. That's celebratory. perfect. I don't know what it is. It's, it's probably Billy Joel. Anyway, Father, I thank you that in this place right now, 
we can step into your presence. Father, I thank you that you desire a relationship with us that goes beyond what we can understand. But I thank you, Lord God, that you just long for us to be so close to you that you can whisper the secrets and the revelation of your kingdom into our hearts. I thank you, God, that you want us so close that you can just pour and pour and pour gift after gift after gift, the things that you've always purposed for us, the things that you've always promised us. Lord God, I know that you just want to place them in our hands. So, Father, from this time forth, Lord, we in this place, we make a decision to step closer to you. Father, we make a decision to step closer to you in every moment of every day, to invite you into every situation, to spend time with you when we're walking and talking, while we're driving, while we're working, while we're studying. Father, we're going to position ourselves in such a way, Lord God, that we're going to know you like never before. Father, I thank you that we're going to be more like your son, Jesus. I thank you that we're going to walk out, Lord, with this this flame that's now a roaring fire, that as we meet our family and friends, God, even family from Mount Clear, they'll know that we've had an encounter with the living God, that He started to shift stuff as we've moved things out the way to make way for you. Father, I thank you that this day is a telling day. I thank you that this is a day that we place rocks on the altar to remind us of a decision that we've made to move forward in you. Father, I thank you that we are your hands and feet extended, that we are a broken vessel that you have put together, never to be the same again. I want to leave you with a picture. Um, I can't show you, but I'll get the name. What was the name of that, that, that art stuff, that thing today, earlier, the Japanese thing? Uh, kintsugi. Kintsugi. Is that right? Kintsugi? Kint. Kintsugi. Anyway. If you have a look at something like that, it's, think, of, think of a broken vase, yeah? And that someone's come and glued it together. But there's a particular art where they use gold to join the pieces. And that crockery, that jar, that plate, that actually becomes more valuable than when it was first created after it was put together because of the gold that glues it, yeah? You and I are in the presence of God. He is our companion. He's our friend. He's the one that joins us together, yeah? Yeah, he's the one that like a magic knot makes us more valuable now than when we first came to him. Let's take that out today. Let's take that out to our world and to our friends. And let's be a people that walk in closeness with God in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Let's have a great Sunday.